1: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is
2: Believe. Welcome to the Believe in the Broncos podcast presented by Bet Online. I'm Chris Braden, Orlando. Long practice day today. I mean, we're going to get into training camp. This is our first one since training camp has started this week. I mean, what stood out for you? We had some stuff you talked about uh, last time. You're like, all right, I'm going to really pay attention to the offensive line and how these linebackers shake out. So how's training camp been so far?
1: Well, the interesting thing for me, Chris, has been how, you know, they have deployed their offensive personnel. You know, typically in the Shanahan system with the wide zone scheme, you're going to live in that world with the two tight ends and two wide receivers. You don't really go to your three wide receiver or your, you know, your, your regular personnel, right? It has mm-hmm. your, your, your full back and your, your running back and, and then you have your three wide. So you have your tight end and your running back and your three wide personnel. And what we see a lot of NFL teams play nowadays, that's not going to be the Broncos. This year, you know, they're going to be more of a two wide receiver set and they're going to try to get into two tight ends as much as possible and make it look like they're running the ball every single time. And now they have the athletic ability with these tight ends to now get past these outside linebackers. And it's kind of created a mismatch. But the thing that has stood out to me the most has been how they have rotated these running backs. You know, I've seen Crockett with the ones I've seen. um Melvin Gordon I've seen Javante Williams I've seen Mike Boone I've seen four different running backs in the huddle while Russell Wilson's out there you know and mm -hmm. I know the plan is that it's going to be Javante and we kind of think that it's going to be Javante but I don't want to see all these other running backs with Russell you know for me I've been kind of down on them with that observation where I kind of rather them say okay you know what here's our one-two punch Javante Melvin those are the guys that are going to be in the backfield when number three is out there on the field, when he's called in a huddle, because you got to work this time. And this is a new coaching staff. This is a new offense. This is a new quarterback that has to learn, you know, the catch radius and what these guys can do so he can rely on these guys when it counts. And when that's when the lights come on.
2: You know, it's funny because I was listening to one of the radio stations. I'm not exactly sure who said it, but. They said Mike Boone actually looks like the quickest guy out there. Is that true?
1: Uh, I I, I wouldn't be great at the quickness aspect. And to be honest with you, I played offensive line. I could care less about a running back that's quick. The guy that's going to hold on to the football and it's going to run through arm tactics any day of the week. Um, They all look good right now, Chris. You know, they're out there. They're in shorts. Everybody's feeling good. This is the best you're going to feel until next year, April. You know, everybody looks good. Tomorrow is when it starts to really amp up because today what Hackett and company did was they pulled off the gas pedal. You know, it was a lot more of a jog through pace. And the first two days, it wasn't anything. It was not like they were clickety-clacking the pads anyway. So today, looking for them, going to them on that that jog through pace, which I like. I I Mm -hmm. do love that because with a new offense that's as complex as this offense is, It's good to, you know, jog through some stuff and get a lot more reps while saving these guys' body. But tomorrow now, when they put the shoulder pads on, that's when we're going to start seeing some fatigue. And that's when we're going to start seeing the camp legs come out. And that's when we're going to start realizing who really loves football and who's going to be really good for this team.
2: You know, so there's been a lot of talk about Russell Wilson's team. At practice, and whether it's a distraction or not, I'm all for it. I don't care if it makes Russell Wilson better, man. He can do whatever he wants. Have you seen that that's been an issue at all out there? No,
1: no issues at all. You know, the first day, kind of saw Sierra out there with the kids, and it looked like she was kind of, you know, hanging out by the family section, but also, you know, kind of on the field a little bit. Um, Next day, kind of a little bit more just in the tent. But I, I love what Hackett and this coaching staff is doing after practice and that letting these kids run around, letting these players get with their families and, and giving these guys a really big break where it's, hey, it's not just like an hour where you're rushing inside because you got to go do re- rehab and get some treatment or you want to do some recovery stuff. You know, these guys got like an hour and a half, hour, 45 minutes so they could say hi to the family, run around with the kids for a little bit before they go get lunch and rehab. So. I love the schedule. I haven't noticed anything about Russell Wilson's team being a distraction. These guys are playing ball. You know, they're out there on the field. They're getting after it. And when they're in these team drills, when practice starts, there's nobody but Bronco personnel that's on the field. So, yeah, Russell's team could be out there, but they're on the side. They're not out there in the middle of the field and talking to hacking. They don't have access like that. They have just as much access to Russell Wilson during practice as I do. Okay. And I'm on the I'm on the sideline the whole time. So that's not a distraction, but you just continue to hear it. And people want to make a big deal about it because you have a quarterback that's the face of the organization that has won Super Bowls, that's married to a superstar wife, that's a superstar herself, that's about building his brand and his brand recognition and awareness. And they're going to make a big deal out of something that really is not that big of a deal.
2: Yeah, it's just a story. And I couldn't imagine Russell Wilson letting ball uh, slip any just to, uh, you know, He seems like he compartmentalizes all this stuff really well. Like, when he does social or when he's doing ball, he does ball.
1: Dude, I mean, that's been the most impressive thing that I have observed in the last three days. It looks to me like Russell Wilson probably sleeps about four hours a night. Oh, wow. For him to talk about when the coach asking me to do something, I want to do it three times as much. You know, I want to go make sure I overdo it. And looking at him at the start of practice, when he comes out, Jogging, you know, the 150 yard jog to the, the hill to shake right. hands with the fans, pump up the fans, giving the kids high five. Absolutely love it. Then after practice, in the last three days, he's been one of the last three guys out there on the practice field, you know, and hanging out with the family, getting the quality time with the kids. And now, obviously, he's got meetings, he's got recovery stuff with his body, he's got uh, meetings and stuff, and he's got to go to a walkthrough later on. So, looking at what is on his plate, I I would say he's doing a hell of a job micromanaging his life and doing the right things and making sure that he's consistent with those things as well.
2: You know, one thing great about doing this podcast with you is we get guys on, and I got one more question for you before we let Bronco Great Carl Carl Mecklenburg in here. Biggest story I've seen so far, as far as just player wise goes, is how good Eric Sauber looks at that tight end position. What have you seen out there when you've been out there?
1: Yeah, nothing against Eric Sauber. I think he's going to be a heck of a player. You know, in Pat Shermer's office, it looked like he was non-existent because we didn't use the tight ends that much. He has quickly become one of Russell Wilson's favorite targets. I truly believe that that will evolve into Albert O's position because, you know, when we had the media barbecue a couple days ago before training camp, Nathaniel Hackett went out of his way and said it was about what Cortland Sutton did well, what Tim Patrick did well, what Albert what Albert did well, what the offensive line did well. There was no mention of Eric Salbert. And just looking at, you know, this tight end position – whether it's been Mercedes Lewis out there with Green Bay, George Kittle out there with the 49ers. The tight end is a big aspect. We all remember Shannon Sharp, right? And we all know that he's wearing a gold jacket. Mm -hmm. Tight ends wear gold jackets in this offense. So right now, Sobert has taken ahead. He's ahead of the curve. And he's looking like one of Russell Wilson's favorite targets right now.
2: Awesome. All right, let's go ahead and get Carl Mecklenburg here, Bronco great. Carl Mecklenburg, let's give him a second to connect that audio. Carl, how are you doing today? Joining Orlando and Chris.
0: Yeah, what kind of outfit is this, you guys? (laughs) Did you know 10 minutes late or 10 minutes early is late?
2: (laughs) 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 Got to talk to the Broncos about that. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny that you just said that, Carl, because... You know, I don't know if you know this. Um my father in law is Bobby Turner. Yeah. And I and I know he was on he coached on a lot of teams with you as well. And um, you know, I, I actually got a unique opportunity last year to coach out there with the 49ers along with Kyle with Coach Turner as well. And that was the first thing he told me. You know, you know uh hey, when when they say this is the time, it's it's ten minutes early. And if there you're go. not ten minutes early, you're late. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah. You know, Yeah, well, Kyle was a ball boy when I was playing for the Broncos, so I I know Kyle.
2: (laughs) Go ahead, Chris. Oh, no, so, Carl, we obviously haven't been able to talk to you and find out uh, your thoughts on the Broncos this year, going from we don't know who the quarterback is, Broncos, QB, Carousel, to now having Russell Wilson. What are your thoughts going into training camp this year?
0: You know, um every year is a new year uh every year uh the the group of guys has to come together as a team um i think the challenge this year is probably larger than most years uh the fact that you have a new system uh, all new coaching staff new ownership new quarterback um football's a team thing uh and if if you're not all uh you know doing it the, the same way it doesn't work so so hopefully um, they'll be able to get past that that's what this training camps about and uh, and they'll be able to come out playing well I I, I question that I, I I do I think I think I think uh, just the lack of coordination that happens when you have uh, a whole bunch of new guys and a new and new systems uh, together um, it's it, it, it's it's tough to compete against people who have been playing together for well to me to me, Knowing what the guy next to me is going to do, whether, whether I see it or I don't see it, was was so valuable. I, I, it's it's very difficult to play when you don't have that that uh, um, time of of playing side by side and 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 uh, playing in the same system, so you know exactly what you're supposed to do, so that you can concentrate on the small details instead of the instead of just you know what's my assignment. Bro, you just touched on knowing what the guy next to
1: you is doing. And in your career, you played some linebacker and some defensive line stuff. So how, how, was it hard making that transition and just understanding kind of what the guy's doing that's right beside you? And how was that when you had to make that transition?
0: Yeah, Orlando, I uh, yeah, I played all seven front positions. Uh, Joe Collier uh, trusted me enough to to put me where he thought the ball was going. Um uh the challenge there is everybody else has to move too. Uh so, so when I moved, then then whoever's place I, I I went to had to had to move somewhere else. So we were we were a smart group of guys who understood what the system was. Um and, and we were able to substitute without substitution, right? The the other team yeah. couldn't see we were substituting. I could line up at linebacker and then stem down, and I'm a defensive lineman. And I was just as good at both positions. So all of a sudden, instead of a you know, one defense, they got to deal with a totally different defense. And and that was that was the advantage of it. But again, like you said, that 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 movement, um, you have to be smart and you have to you have to know where you're at. I mean, the 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 footwork uh, at linebacker is completely different than the footwork at defensive end. Uh, you know, the 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 vision's completely different. Everything changes, and I had to be aware of that and, and make those adjustments personally as well as everybody moving around because I, I was moving around. The reason why
1: I asked that is because right now the Broncos have a, line, a outside linebacker who's, he's playing outside linebacker right now, Baron Brown. But when he was at Ohio state played a little bit of outside linebacker, played some inside linebacker. And right now on paper, this team is very um, well up in the air at the inside linebacker position. So that's why I was asking because we saw Browning last year play some inside linebacker, but all of a sudden he's that outside linebacker now. So I, I kind of think that there's 90 guys in training camp right now. And I don't think that George Payton is done yet because I think there will be a move or two made to help strengthen that inside linebacker position.
0: Yeah. The inside linebacker position was, was really my base position. Uh, the Broncos moved me there after two years Um Randy Gratishar retired. They had an opening there. They needed some help there. So, so Joe put me at inside linebacker. I made the Pro Bowl at inside linebacker six times. I mean, that was my position. Um, and, and it's a, and it's a different position than outside. They move me to outside. They can run away from you when you're on the outside linebacker. <laughs> yeah. Just, just say Omaha and that means they're running the other direction. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's how it worked. So, so it's easy to get isolated out there. Um, inside linebacker, you're involved in everything uh no. and you're expected to be a leader you're expected to make every make sure everybody else is lined up right make sure the guys that are staring at the ball or or the nose of the guy lined up across from him are are uh are are on the same page. And when something happens and somebody shifts and moves and you make an adjustment, then, then everybody in front of you has to know that. So, so Josie Jewell, in my mind it is, is, uh, is a lock. Josie Jewell is a guy that uh, runs that defense has been for a couple of years. Unfortunately, last year he got hurt, but he's, he's the guy that's that leader. Uh, the, the net, the other guy, I don't know. Uh, they got a yeah. whole bunch of guys and, and they're going to, they're going to try a bunch of them, uh, they, because of the injuries, they even traded for a couple last year. So there, there's a there's a backlog there of guys who have played uh, and have have shown some uh, some ability, uh, but but I expect Josie will be the guy running the show.
2: No, um, Carl. Uh, I was just going to ask Carl, how long do you think with them lo- learning a new defensive system? How long do you think? Th- you that'll take to gel. Like, can they get that done in a one training cr- camp and a few preseasons games to be ready to go?
0: Um, no. <laughs> True. I mean, truthfully, no. Um, especially when they don't hit uh, and they're, you know, everything's kind of part, uh, you know, they try to go full speed, but you can't go full speed if you're not, yeah. if you're not hitting. And then, then the, uh, the challenges are, uh, you know, just how, how do you, how do you, um, you speak English and all of a sudden they expect you to speak French uh, in, in three weeks. Yeah. It, yeah. I mean, and, the, the, and, and, and not only that, but the same number call oftentimes in one defense means something completely different than it does in another defense. We had uh, we had that issue with uh, Joe Collier and Merle Moore, or I'm sorry, Joe Collier's uh, defense. And then uh, when, when, uh, when Wade Phillips came in, uh Cover zero meant something completely different than it did mm. you know in the in the other one. Cover one meant something completely different, so you're out there sweating and just got hit in the head, and you're supposed to remember wait a second, which cover one am I supposed to <laughs> and yeah. it, it, it just it takes a while to adjust to to the changes and, and the expectations and, and beyond that, like I said at the start, it's, 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 yeah, that's, that's just the base of it. Yeah. I know what my assignment is. Then it's the details. Then it's what down a distance is it? Then is, is the offensive lineman. Uh, is, 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 uh, is a split narrow. That means he's, you know, it's a running play. If it's a little wider, it's probably going to be a passing play. Is he leaning one way or the other? Uh, what, you know, what's Mike Kroll doing out here? Cause he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. So I got to tell him what to do and just try, try to get everything else lined up. Um, and figure it out is is that's that's the challenge you know it, it first of all this is the base thing is yeah this is our assignment then then beyond that to win games you have to get into the details and and what that opponent's doing and what down and distance and and yeah. what you know what uh alignment they've got and it's yeah it 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 it, it football is a complicated sport anyway um, yeah most of the time you spend on a football field is not playing football it's 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 uh making calls, making adjustments, making substitutions. If you time a time a pro football game from snap to whistle and leave all the other stuff out, it's less than 10 minutes of actual playing football. Yeah. yeah. And, and and I only play defense, so it's five minutes over a three hour period. The rest of it is <laughs> this is all substitution and adjustment and, and lining up and and doing all those things. And and that's the problem with get, you know, everything being new.
2: Uh, yeah.
0: So, so you've got, you've got to, you got to figure it out and uh, it'll take a little while in my mind.
1: Carl, there's no secret. Like in today's NFL is nothing like back in the day, right? You get the two days back in the day, you're able to get those reps and stuff like that. You're kind of alluding to it right now. You know, the first two days, the Broncos kind of called, they had like their medium days where it was like up-tempo, but they were only in helmets. Today, what we saw Nathaniel Hackett's coach and staff do was really kind of take the their foot off the gas, where it was a jog through practice, and you know, back in your day, I know there was those were, were few and far between. They, were, they probably never had no jog. <laughs>
0: that through did practice. not exist, Orlando. I, <laughs> I, rem- I remember uh, going live goal line on Friday before the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. we we just hit. That was that was that was the game. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. And and I was thinking about this. I, I I went to the first practice, and I was thinking about how a guy like me makes a team nowadays. How do how do you I was a 310th pick of the draft. I I was, I I got to training camp and I had the same number as a starter. That's that's not a good sign. So, so, uh, so yeah, I, I, and, and, but there's ways, I mean, you can shine, uh, Eric Sovereign's been shining, um, you know, out of, out of, out of pads. And, and, you know, he was kind of questionable coming in is like, well, we we're bringing in the new system and is this guy fit and whatever, but he's showing up and, and you can show up, uh, the, but it's it, it would be a challenge, I think, to to be a, a an overlooked uh, rookie coming into this training camp and trying to make it.
1: Yeah. Carl, last one for me. You know, when you just look at your 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 football career and your statistics, it's impressive. You know, I mean, you had one thousand one hundred and eighteen tackles, seventy nine sacks, um, sixteen forced fumbles, fourteen fumble recoveries, five interceptions, two defensive touchdowns. You know, for an offensive lineman, I wanted to get 100 starts in the league. Wide receivers, they want to get 10,000 catch-receiving yards. Running backs are always talking about each and every year they want to be a 1,000-yard rusher.
0: When you look at just your
1: NFL career, what stands out the most to you?
0: I think the versatility. I think (laughs) that I did what nobody's ever done before. I mean, I played all seven front positions, sometimes in one game. Uh, And and that's something that... uh, that hasn't been done. The challenge there, though, I mean, if you, if you're looking at a possible Hall of Fame, that kind of stuff is my statistics don't match up to anybody else's, and it's because I moved around so much. But they can't look at me and say, "Oh, you know, he was a great pass rusher." Well, I had 79 sacks. I, I, I but but that's not Hall of Fame level. I, I I wasn't a I wasn't a guy who had more you know more tackles than anybody because I was. Rushing the passer a bunch. I didn't have yeah. as many interceptions. I mean, it all, it, you know, I, I've got I got a wide variety of statistics. And if you just look at me statistically, it really doesn't match up with anybody.
1: But this is the thing: there's many people that play defense their whole career and they don't have two defensive touchdowns. Many people that play clean defense their whole year they don't come up with five interceptions. You know, many people like Derek Wolf just retired today. Was out at Broncos mm-hmm. facility, right? He doesn't have 79 sets, right? So uh, I, I know what you're saying. And you're a modest man, but you are a heck of a football player. And yes, the versatility was great. And had you been focused on one position, of course, you'd be in the Hall of Fame right now.
0: Well, I appreciate that, Orlando. I mean, I think one of the things you can look at, um, we went to the Super Bowl in 86, 87, and 89. In 88, uh, we did not. We were 8 and 8. That's the only time I missed games. I missed seven games that year. Uh, If you look at the points against uh, of that year of the Broncos, the average points against was nine points more when I didn't play than when I did play. Uh and and then when I did play, I was playing it with a cast on. Yeah. You
1: know, a I mean, huge yeah.
0: yeah, it really is, and I and I, th- I think um, there are statistics that point my my way towards the Hall of Fame, but I don't make those decisions. I, I I love playing football. I love the guys I played with. It it was a blast. I got so many opportunities to to do things other people haven't done. I'm, I played in Berlin. I played in Japan. I played in uh, in uh, London. I, I you know what? I I, I had, I had a, a great career and it was a, it was a blast. So. I'm I'm excited about uh about the opportunities with Randy and and uh um Shanahan and 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 Coach Reeves as far as going to the Hall of Fame this year. And all three of those guys are deserving and and hopefully one of them will get the get the get the nod anyway or or more. You know that being said, Carl,
2: all of Broncos country knows what you did and everyone in Broncos country loves you and we appreciate you. I have one more for you and if if I wasn't going to wax nostalgic, I mean I would wouldn't be doing my job. You spent all those training camps
0: up in Greeley. I hate Greeley. I still get the willies when I drive through Greeley. <laughs> I spent over a year of my life in Greeley. You, That's you know, so but crazy. Some of these coaches, right?
1: I was talking to some of the guys and they're like I miss it. Like, you know, some of these older guys, Patrick Smiley and <laughs> <laughs> these guys have been around there they're like we miss going up there. I'm just like, what? Like this is Are you so much
0: me? better. <laughs> You know what? I, th- I think it helps in t- team building. Uh, being cool. isolated from your family, um, you, you, you grow as a team that way. But it's a it's a price to pay. Now uh, yeah. there there was no punches pulled up there. I mean, it was it was two a days live knockdown drag out, a hundred degrees. They'd weigh you in before practice and after practice, and, and a lot of those practices, I'd lose ten pounds of sweat. I wow, mean, it, wow. it was it was crazy. It was, <laughs> yeah. Do you think the NFL's
2: Because that was like a little bit overboard. I guess we can all look back at it and agree now, right? Do you think the NFL's actually come too far the other way now with everything timed and limited uh, pad days and all that? Or do you think that's, you would have liked to do that back in the day?
0: Yeah, no, I don't think I'd I'd have made the team. I don't really shorts, really. I mean, I, I, how, how do you make the team? They're, it, they're So, so yeah. From that standpoint, um, I, I think there are um, football players who aren't aren't making the team because there's athletes who are making the team. Which, Carl, I, I look at
1: it. I look at it today, and I, I retired four years ago, and the NFL is night and day from when I played. It's an absolute joke, right? You're talking about you know vets. They're only allowed to be in the building for 11 hours a day, and I'm just like, what? Like, I retired four years ago, five years ago. I was walking in that building and during training camp at 6 a.m., and I was leaving at 9:30 at night. What do you mean yeah. I'm only allowed in the building for 11
0: hours? No, it's dark to dark, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's it's a different thing, but that's uh, you know, it it makes sense uh, from a from a safety standpoint in one way, and then the other way it doesn't. I mean. In my in my mind, when I was playing football, uh, training camp was a way to get prepared for the season. You would you would develop uh, kind of a crust. I mean, you you'd be by by the third day, you were your sorest, and then and then as the time went on, you got used to that. I remember waking up like a week after the season's over, thinking, "Oh my God, this is what it feels like to feel good." <laughs> i have forgotten because I was yeah. just I was just in in season and going and 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 hitting, and you see as many injuries now or more than you did when I I was playing or when O was playing. Um, And and I think that's because guys are making the team who would never have made the team in the past because they would have gotten hurt. That, that, that opportunity, that challenge isn't there for them uh, now. They, they got to make the team before they actually get into full contact. And and, and when that happens, a lot of people get weeded out. Uh, I, I missed five or seven games in my 12, my 12 year career. They were all that one year when I broke my thumb twice. Um, well, but I've had 18 football-related surgeries. You just played with it, and at the end of the season, you had surgery. I mean, that, that was how it worked, and, and now, now it's a little different. The
1: best part about the end of the season, it's like you get to January, and then all of a sudden, like, you know, you get to middle of January, you're like, oh, my goodness, like, why does my knee hurt? Like, when did I hurt my knee? you're like, oh, yeah, like week five. I remember I had a, like a bone bruise, but you had a new injury since then, so you've been trying to take care of that, so you forgot about the, <laughs> <Right>. the knee.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I get reminded of things as like I, I did to myself, but still, where it's like, oh, why, why would that hurt? Oh, that's right. I did that to myself back in the day. Yeah. So, Carl, last thing I have for you.
2: There's been these rumors that I've heard about for years about the broken fingers uh, in uh, – training camp and the Elway cross and all those missiles coming, flying across the field in Greeley. Can you confirm or deny any
0: of this stuff is true? Yeah, it's true. I, I never intercepted a ball from John in practice. I just <laughs> dropped him. He, he, he threw the ball too hard. Uh, he really oh. did. It took him a while to, I mean, to, to get that uh, touch. When when somebody was close to him, he'd still throw it too hard, and eventually figured out how not to. But it, yeah, he he threw that ball crazy, and and it, it takes a little bit to to get a black man through uh, shoulder pads and and all that uh, to have a X on their chest. <laughs> <laughs> they did. There was no question about it. Well, well
2: thanks a lot, you brother. guys. Are, yeah, thank you,
0: Carl. Time. Appreciate yeah, it, course. buddy. Yeah. Bronco legend. Any Carl anytime Mechler, you want to talk, make sure you contact me. I'm 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 up for it. I follow the Broncos uh religiously. This is this is my team and it has been forever. Uh I, I was a Viking fan growing up, but I got over it when they passed on me 12 times in the drafts So, yeah. <laughs> so was a, a I was a Buffalo
1: fan, fan and I got over it as well.
0: Same thing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Well, good stuff, Carl. Thank you very much for your time. Appreciate it. And you're definitely
0: on the list. I appreciate that. Thanks. All right. Take care. Thanks for all coming out. Right. Have um, a
1: great
0: day. You too. Bye bye.
2: <sighs> Good stuff. Carl Mecklenburg. Big O. I've always wanted to ask that question to somebody because I heard it was just like horrifying like broken fingers, first week, left and right, yeah. all the rookie receivers figure out how to catch these missiles from John.
1: Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, Chris, I'm, I'm happy to finally hear why we drafted Brock Osweiler, because Brock Osweiler was John Elway back in the day. Because yeah. it was the exact same thing where Brock kind of had to find that touch, especially with people coming out the backfield or the check downs, because Brock would just fire it in there and you would see some receivers turn it down. You nope. Know? It, you know, hey, it, it's it's early December. It's practice. Yeah, I'm just going to drop that. I'm going to bat that one to the ground. I, I don't want to dislocate a finger right now. You know, I got to play here in a couple of days. So now I know, you know I, know, I know a little behind the scenes because Rock was one of uh, John's uh, picks. So uh, it makes a lot of sense now.
2: As an offensive lineman, when you're watching this, like, is it frustrating to see that when you're going through your reps and you see kind of like a, the whole rep ends up being a half rep because they kind of turn down the pass or something like that goes haywire. I know it happens all the time, but as an, as an offensive lineman, is it, is it a bit frustrating?
1: It's extremely frustrating because, you know, for offensive linemen, you know, this is my argument, Chris, the Broncos have been in helmets since day one, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, you got the wide receivers, the tight ends, the running backs, quarterbacks, their uh, linebackers, uh, DBs, corners, They're all feeling good right now. Offensive line, defensive line, no, you're you're beat up. You're sore because as soon as you put a helmet on, that's like full pads. The only difference is that when I have my helmet on and that defender has his helmet on, I, as an offensive lineman, I'm like, okay, I should not get bull rushed. And that defensive lineman is thinking, okay, I should not get cut. But other than that, it's all fair game. We're battling out there. So it's like full padded practices, even though you only have your helmet on. So when you see a guy turn down something or, yeah, I don't want to do that, you're extremely frustrated because from day one of training camp, it's all go for offensive linemen and defensive linemen. And you're beating the, you're beating the crap out of your body and it's just deteriorating little by little. You're trying to build up that callus that Carl was talking about because he's absolutely right. By about day six you start feeling better because now your body does knows that, Hey, you're going to be sore and you're going to be sore until April of next year. So just deal with it.
2: Well, all the big boys in the trenches have to go through their full rep. They're going into that. You guys are going into that car crash every time. And when someone just bats down, I've seen that at camp and I just was curious about, there's a couple more things I want to talk to you about before we wrap up the show. You know, there's a few guys that start out on the PUP list, Billy Turner, And, of course, Gregory Gregory and um, Hamler. But what I really wanted to get to is what's Jerry Judy looking like? If we've got Tim Patrick, Jerry Judy, and Cortland Sutton, does Hamler have a spot out there? Like, how are they going to work all this in? This is interesting because I was feeling like KJ might have a really good year this year.
1: Yeah, so you know our argument on the fan, me and my my partner Cecil, is that George Payton better get creative and better understand that the work's not done and be looking through some of these rosters in training camp because historically in this offense, when you just look at the the fourth wide receiver, he doesn't get the ball a lot. Heck, the third wide receiver doesn't get a lot of passes. The third wide receiver on this team might only see about 35 to 40 targets this year. When you get to the fourth one, it drops down drastically to about 20. So, and you could look at last year, what Russell Wilson, you don't even know who the third wide receiver's name is. Right?
2: <laughs> yeah. Who was it by the way?
1: <laughs> uh, exactly. Right. Um, but you look at the fourth wide receiver. I forgot the guy's name, but he threw a, Russell threw the ball to him about 21 times. Okay. AJ Hamler in his first two years has been, has been about a 50 50 wide receiver. Right. So uh, that's a guy that has a lot of talent, but, My argument is if he's not, and I know that they drafted Washington, so Mm -hmm. if KJ is not going to give you something on special teams, whether he's being a gunner or he's returning punts or returning kicks for you, you got to now get creative and try to put a package deal together to go get a more talented inside linebacker room, in my opinion. If you're really going to make a run and kind of push your chips in and say, hey, we are in win now and Super Bowl now mentality if you're George Payton.
2: How's Jerry Judy been looking?
1: He's been looking good, you know. I, uh, if you talk to my my my, my uh, co-host on the fan Cecil Lambie, uh Cecil's gonna, you know, Cecil has Jerry in in, in the doghouse and rightfully really? like, so because Cecil was one of those guys that that crowned him the best wide receiver in the best wide receiver class. So Cecil's always gonna be hard on Jerry. Yesterday, he kind of got a little mad because the ball went somewhere else and Jerry didn't turn and try to go get a block. And I'm like, Cecil, they're in helmets. Like, what, what do you think he's going to do? Like, I fully expect him to do that next week versus Dallas, but this mm-hmm. week, like, maybe not, you know? So I think Jerry's been doing well and, and he's looked well in the system. It doesn't look like he's down or anything. The, the issue with him has been his body language and kind of give you that man, like everybody hates me or everybody's against me kind of mentality with his body. And I don't think we've seen that. It looks like he's excited, and, and there's definitely a place for Jerry Judy
2: in this offense. So at that right tackle position, Billy Turner and Tom Compton both not playing. It looks like Calvin Anderson is the guy. How's the offensive line looked in that right tackle position especially?
1: Uh, offensive line has been interesting. You know, it's been the same at the left tackle, left guard, center position. So we've had Garrett Bowles, Dalton Reisner, and Lloyd Cushenberry at those positions. But um, day one, it was Quinn Miners at right guard. Then day two, we saw Natai Mooney. Then we saw a little bit of a mixture of both of those guys today. And that's going to be a battle. You know, it's, right. it's two guys that have fast feet, but one, you know, both of those guys are powerful guys, but one brings a lot more power. One wants to the to the block and the other, and that's the Moody. So, it's going to be very interesting to see who gets that position, which competition is great because you never know what's going to happen with Dalton after this year, especially if you got to pay Russell and if Bradley Chubb has a monster year also. So it's going to be interesting. That That's the real battle, in my opinion, at the right tackle position. You know, Tom Compton's battling the back. It's hard to come back from those as, a, as an mm-hmm. offensive lineman. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I think Billy Turner is the, the favorite. He's a Hackett guy. He's coming out of a system with Hackett and Billy played four offensive line positions out of the five out there in Green Bay over the last couple of years, I and mean, he's got extremely better from before his last stint here with the Broncos. But my guy's Calvin Anderson, 26 years old. You know, I think he's better suited at the left tackle position, so he gives the Broncos that versi- versatility because you got to start playing GM in your head next year, and, you know, the Broncos could walk away from Garrett Bowles' contract very easily with Garrett last year playing the least amount of snaps and giving up a career high in sacks last season. So it was a new system, new coach in that room. We'll see how that relationship goes. But Calvin has been playing his butt off. And for me, I look at a guy, I see a guy that really could solidify this right tackle position for the next half a decade for the Broncos, being that he's only 26 years old. So I'm pounding on the table for Calvin. And which is crazy because I know Tom Compton. I told Tom Compton last year, if I ever got on with the Broncos, I was coming to get him. And I also know Billy Turner as well. Mm-hmm. But for me right now, my favorite is Calvin Anderson. He's been playing his butt off and, and he looks really good with whatever guard is next to him, whether it's Quinn Miner or Natalie Moody.
2: Last thing for you. What are you looking forward to this week at camp? Is there anything you're like particularly paying attention to or want to see? It's
1: the pads, baby. Yes, they are getting close. It's time to it's time to grind. You know, this is when you start separating the 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 boys from the men. To be honest with you, you know, the Broncos have about ninety guys out there, Chris. And I'm gonna be real. You know, in every training camp, about twenty of those guys they're just camp they're just camp bodies. They're right. just there for uh, they're there to collect checks and you know and eat the good, but they're not real football players, unfortunately. And that's what it is. But you need the bodies that you have to you have to have about. That many bodies because you're trying to run three different units in every group that you that you do and you're not trying to burn guys out. So I'm looking forward to the pads coming on here in a couple of days because that's when guys really start separating themselves. And you really start seeing who loves the game of football, who loves contact and who is a absolute warrior that you want in that back alley. If you're there, if you're 20 guys were going to come out of a back alley, who would you rather back there with you?
2: Yeah who, who who's gonna who's gonna go to battle with you and stay out there and and you know what have you seen anybody just kind of wither that first day of pads like the young guys and stuff like that have you seen it just in your experience or oh, it you're, seems you're like the, they'd oh. be ready to go
1: oh no the, all these guys are oh it's football Chris everybody's ready yeah like we're all alphas we've all been yeah. alphas even yes. the guys that can't play at this level they're alphas but. And, and the first three days of pads, you will know who's for real and who's not, but by the body language and you'll, you'll see who loves it and who eats and sleeps and breathes it and and who is a you know scout team warrior. That's what we used to call them back in the day. Guys that just look good when they're out there when there's just helmets on. Well, when you just have helmets on, I'm not gonna try to bury you as an offensive lineman. Heck, mm-hmm. I would probably I'm telling you that I'm probably only gonna give you about 75 to 80 percent. When we just have helmets on, when we put pads on now, it's I'm I'm feeding my family. I'm representing that last name on the back of that Jersey. I'm representing Mm -hmm. that emblem on the front of that Jersey. And now it doesn't matter who you are because you're, you want it, but I want it more. So we're going to see who's going to win this thing.
2: Good stuff, Orlando. And if, if you haven't had enough of Orlando, which you know, you haven't, you can listen to, Big O on 104.3 The Fan, 6 o'clock Monday through Friday. Good show with uh, Cecil. Good stuff. I listen to you. I listen to the show quite often. I'm usually yeah, out there hitting you. golf balls with the the AirPods in and watching, listening to you guys. It's good stuff. So good stuff today, Orlando. I appreciate it. Thank you.
1: Hey, thanks a lot, Chris. I appreciate you. And thanks for tuning in. Appreciate you. Y'all guys could also follow me on social media, yep. Franklin 74 That's on Instagram and on Twitter as well.
2: What about the hiking one? Because that's the one everyone came and asked me about.
1: Yep, hiking with Big O. We're going to get a, I'm trying to get one going, not this weekend, but next weekend. So super excited about getting that going again, trying to get some sponsorships behind it. And so got, people could just come out and hear some football stories and also do something where they incorporate seeing a different part of Colorado that you probably never would have seen, but also doing something where we're going to burn a ton of calories and really put an emphasis on health.
2: Awesome. Good stuff, Big O. I appreciate it.
1: All right. Thanks, buddy. Enjoy Um, your weekend.